One of my favorite traditions that we have in the church is the praying of the Angelus. It's a beautiful three-part prayer that traditionally is prayed at 6 a.m., at noon, and at 6 p.m. So very often you hear what's called the Angelus bells. And it's this beautiful prayer that has these like three different stanzas, each followed by the Hail Mary. And today, our gospel, the opening prayers, the liturgy, it's very much like the Angelus kind of like exploded all over this Mass. Because the way that it begins is, the angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived by the Holy Spirit. We pray a Hail Mary. And then, behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. We pray another Hail Mary. And then the beautiful like recognition of the change of all salvation history, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we genuflect and say that, another Hail Mary. And then, we pray a closing prayer of the Angelus, which happens to be the opening prayer of our Mass today. So for those of you who do it, you may have noticed that this morning. And I love it because in that tradition of praying it three times a day, every single day, it's that recognition that we need that help to be reminded that the Son of God has come into the world, that the Word has indeed been made flesh and dwells among us. Because I'll be honest with you, it is just so darn easy to forget that. It's easy to forget the fact that our Lord is in the midst of all of this with us, that he doesn't just like abandon us, doesn't leave us to our own devices. And in just six hours, we can forget it so quickly. And so the church says, hey, beginning of every day, middle of every day, end of every day, take some time and pray this prayer. And that brings me to our fourth and final word in our Advent examination of conscience that we've been doing. So working through those four modifiers, those four descriptive words in the song Silent Night. The first week we focused on silent, then holy. Last week we talked about calm. And this week I feel like is the the hardest to sort of picture of them all, so to speak, bright, right? Silent Night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Because when you think about it, like night and bright, not nightlight, but night and bright, right? They don't always seem to fit right together. As you sort of picture, you know, the scene, the nativity scene, I mean, with the brightness, you know, it's in the middle of the night. It came upon a midnight clear, right? Brightness isn't the first thing to come to mind. And yet, in light of the Angelus, it's this brightness of the light has come into the world and the darkness has not overcome it. And it's a brightness to remember for all of our lives that we're not abandoned, that God is in the midst of all this with us. And yet, as we focus on the Angelus itself, that middle verse, right? Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to your word. God doesn't force himself on us. Our free will is still very much involved. He doesn't demand that Mary become the mother of God. He makes this offer. And it's when she says, yes, when she says, be it done unto me according to your word, that's when everything changes. And you think about this, I mean, just to look at the context of the time that our Lord became one of us, right? That he entered into human history. It's not as though everything was perfect on the political scene. I mean, just down the road from Bethlehem is insane King Herod. I love the line from the historian Josephus that for King Herod, it would be better to be his pig than to be his son. And why is that? Because he kept kosher 
but he killed a lot of his family. I mean, the guy was nuts. So just remember when it's like, these darn politicians, nothing's different, okay? Like, in some ways, maybe it's gotten better. No, maybe not. But, like, you look at this, like, we know that it's never like everything is just perfectly okay, so finally it's all going to be all right. Where does this brightness come from? The angel Gabriel was sent from God. God always is looking at all of this. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He intervenes. He sends his brightness into the darkness, right? So what I would say on this last Sunday of Advent, which we've got like five hours of it left, right? I mean, there's not much this year. But to remember the fact that we have this brightness all around us. And the church gives us the Angelus for a reason. Because how often are we like David, right? David wants to go ahead and build a temple. He wants to go about his own plans. Not that it's a bad thing. Not that in our lives we've got plenty of things that we're working at, good stuff along the way. But that's not the end-all, be-all. It's not just our mere projects, our mere goals. God has the whole eternal picture worked out, and he wants us to play our part in it. When we step back and look at that, that helps us to be calm, as we talked about last week, recognizing the fact that all of this isn't on our shoulders, that our Lord is paying attention, that he knows what's going on, that there is a brightness that we might not be able to totally understand yet, but if we act like our blessed mother, if we recognize the fact, just like with David here, you want to build me a house? I'll tell you what, I'll build you a house, a dynasty. And I'm going to raise up for you an heir. And notice that term too, to raise up. As we even heard in the opening prayer, by his passion and cross, we may be brought to what? The glory of the resurrection. The fact of the matter is, is that all of this works into eternity. That we are part of a brightness that cannot be overcome by the darkness. That what we do now affects things far beyond our mere lifetime. Our ancestors who loved our Lord and handed on the faith to our grandparents and parents and now us allow us to be in that brightness that our Lord continues to give. And we don't know the fullness of what's coming. We don't know all of the details. Neither did our blessed mother. She didn't know exactly what was coming. Look in just a couple of weeks. We'll hear the gospel of the the finding of Jesus in the temple. You know, there for a while... She doesn't know where he is. And Luke even tells us that she was filled with great anxiety. She didn't run away. She didn't go looking for comfort somewhere else. She stayed focused on doing the will of our Lord. She found him. There's a foreshadowing of there she is on the 12th station of the cross, standing at the foot of the cross. But by his passion and death comes the resurrection. Our Blessed Mother may not know all the details, but she knows that the brightness is there. And she stays focused on that brightness, even in the dark. And my brothers and sisters in Christ were called to do the same thing. Not to be overwhelmed by difficulties right now. Not to be so consumed with our own projects. But to be like our blessed mother. To be able to say to our Lord every day, Behold, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done unto me according to your word. And I'll just say on a personal level, because it's just kind of a fun thing to think about. 20 years right now, 20 years ago right now, I was in the midst of discerning the priesthood. I was a senior in college. I didn't know exactly what is our Lord calling me to be. I mean, I've got all these prospects ahead of me, like different master's programs. I was working for Anheuser-Busch. I could stay on with them, which was a much bigger, better prospect at that point than it is now. But like looking at all these different things, Lord, what are you calling me to be? 
And I said, okay, be it done unto me according to your word. I'll give seminary a shot. So obviously, you know how it worked out. But the funny thing is, like 20 years ago, I don't think I'd ever even been to North Carolina. I didn't know that there was a Salisbury. And at this point, I've lived here longer than anywhere else in my life. I didn't know all the details that were coming, but I can tell you, when we look at the brightness and know that our Lord doesn't abandon us to the darkness, that he enters into our life, that he has things in store that we don't even understand yet, but we can be like our blessed mother and know that that brightness is real. To know the fact that the light has indeed come into the world and the darkness has not overcome it. My friends, in the morning, in the middle of the day, at the end of every day, take time to be silent, to be holy, to be set apart for what he's calling you for, to be calm, knowing that everything is not on your shoulders, and ultimately, to know that we have hope because Jesus Christ, the light of the world, has entered into all of this. He has come into the world and the darkness will not overcome him. Let's pray for the grace to be like our blessed mother, that in the midst of whatever he's calling us to, we're able to say, amen, be it done unto me according to your word. My brothers and sisters in Christ, we are preparing to celebrate you know, the greatest celebration of the year, or at least one of them, right? Our Lord in our midst with us. Don't forget, he stays here with us. Let's pray for that grace to remember that the brightness is here, the darkness has not overcome it. It continues to shine at the beginning and the middle of every one of our days. Praise be Jesus Christ.